Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Tommy Bahami, here we are Baby, again. I, I am like so excited today because you know why? Why? You know why I'm excited? No. Because since 2009, I've been saying engagement solves everything. And we have such an expert with us today to just embrace that thought and expand on it. I am uh, I'm honored to be here with two keynote speakers, one of whom I like more than the other. I'm not going to say which, but I will say that she speaks on member engagement like that is the focus of amanda kaiser amanda just came out with this awesome new book called elevating engagement uncommon strategies for creating a thriving member community i'm holding it up here because which you can't see because of my stupid zoom background but it anyway zooms in and out technology uh, gotta love it it's uh, let me tell you why i love this book it, she writes it a with some humor and uh, which is kind of funny because, Amanda, I think you're kind of an introvert, right? Yeah, I am. So I'm totally that person who will think 10 minutes later, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> so writing is awesome because I get the opportunity to tell all of my jokes because my brain works that way. So Amanda is like, I've known you for a while, like years. And I, it's so funny when I read this book, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I know Amanda as well as I thought I did because it's so funny and and it's told in like a story so it's like it's a how-to book basically told in the form of a story but it's it's it, i'm assuming this book is specifically designed for association executives right yeah totally and, and i think what you're responding to is every single chapter starts off with my fictional char character her name is cat taylor and cat is an amalgamation of a hundred more than 100 member interviews. But so in, in the past, I've done a ton of qualitative research, 477 member interviews from 33 different associations and research projects. And, um, and, and it didn't really matter, you know, what kind of association member I was interviewing, it didn't matter what profession or industry they worked for, uh, where they were on the career, you know, path, but there's a lot of very similar stories around membership that members kept telling me. And so I what I did is I analyzed all of those almost 500 interviews together and I pulled off the big learnings and then I I incorporated them into Kat's story. So what what Kat says is what most members say about their member journey. And, and Amanda, I uh, you in all this research that's part of what led to i think this your i don't know how many times you've done this but the most recent new member engagement study you do in partnership with dynamic benchmarking and i'm proud to say that prop fuel is also involved in that um but we prop have fuels everywhere days <laughs> we have such great respect for you and but how many years have you been doing that new member engagement study yeah, the first new member engagement study was 2018. And then uh, we were actually prompted by an outpouring in the community uh, early in 2022. So last year, uh, people just kept coming to us and saying, when are you going to do that research again? Things have changed. We want to know what the newest data is. So 
Dynamic and I got back together again. And this time we had 307 respondents, which was mm -hmm. amazing because for the first time ever, we could slice and dice much more finely. And, and so there's tons more information in that report. And uh, we were able to see the difference between trade associations and professional associations, uh, how associations engage their members if they're really small, or if they're medium sized or large. So there's there's tons and tons of, of really fascinating facts in there. So I, I am one, I'm a trumpet player from back in the day. I was in the marching band and uh, I'm very proud of that. Uh, and so allow me to toot my own horn when I said <laughs> it was all a lead up. You like that? That was all a lead up. So allow me to toot my own horn when I'd like to say, I think we helped you get some of those um, some of those people. We we uh, we're so proud of the output of that thing. We were bragging about that. We sent out tons of emails. We put all over social media. We even did. I think we did a webinar with you related to to this thing. But anyway, huge fan of your new member engagement study. If people want to download that, can they go to amandakaiser.com to download yeah, it? It's a Amanda, uh, Amanda Lee Kaiser. Leah. Okay. Yeah. And, and my mom spelled Lee really weirdly. It's L-E-A and it's actually spelled Lee. Uh, so Amanda, L-E-A, Lee Kaiser, kaiserliketherole.com. K-A-I-S-E-R in case yeah. you don't need those roles. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so can we just jump right into the book, Tom? Is that cool with you? Yeah, so so a couple things. Um, one, whereas Amanda says that she's that person that thinks 10 minutes later to say, I wish I'd have said that. My mantra and hashtag that my friends have for me is, oh my gosh, did Tom just say that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why Dave likes us, Amanda, because we're on two separate sides of the fence. And I just say it. And sometimes I, my friends, my, especially my wife, would say, you need to be that person every now and then that says, I wish I would have said that. Um, so, Amanda, you, you're the keynote, though. This is so. This is a book, but this all is you. You you built your whole professional life and probably a lot of your personal life around this topic of member engagement. So, so putting aside the new member engagement study, I know some of that is in, in baked into this book. But how would you describe? I mean, uh, let me start by saying I think a big theme in this book is all around the experience of a member right yeah yeah okay so one of the one of the things i was able to do because of my interviews was define engagement from the members perspective and so when members talk about engagement the the kind of themes that they come back to are i'm engaged because i'm getting value from the association and i'm engaged because i am having great experiences with the association or because of the association so value is you know, it's all the things that we kind of feel like we put dollar signs on, right? It, it's, uh, you know, it's our benefits, it's membership, it's our, uh, it's our events. It, some associations offer, you know, consulting and all of that stuff. That's value. Experiences are all of the soft, fluffy things. It's, um, it's, you know, potentially connections you make, but it's, it's even little stuff. It's like walking to the registration desk and somebody gives you a big smile and maybe chit chats with you a little bit. Those are the experiences. And, um, and so the book heavies up on experiences because I, I feel like as an industry, we've been banging the drum on value for as long as I've been in the association industry and we're not talking a lot about experiences. And so, so I, I think that when associations are getting to that point where they're seeing 
engagement tailing off, Experiences was one of those places to go to next. You know, figure out how to how to sort of imbue experience experiential things in everything you're doing. And I bet you're going to see engagement pick right up. And the book starts off with with your fictional character. What was her name? Cat? Is that what you said? Yep, Cat Taylor. Cat so Taylor gets to like this. If I'm not mistaken, I, this is a, a probably a month ago I started this, but uh, she gets to a conference I think, and she's feeling anxious. Uh, getting it's kind of sitting in her car debating whether or not she turn around and go home. And all of a sudden, I think there's a knock on the window or somebody she gets out of the car and somebody greets her, which mm-hmm. pretty much turns everything around. So give me an example of how you can apply that to uh, the and give me as many experience examples as you can. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's a lot. But give me like two or three ex- examples of what a typical association can do to improve the member experience. Yeah, so I think that there's an experience side to every single touch that we have with members. And so the, you know, the very first touch is probably an email. So I take it from the point of people joining. So somebody joins and the very first thing that they're doing is they're observing everything that they can about the association and they're they're and they're they're going to very soon start to assess and they and so they're observing and assessing and thinking is this association for people like me yes this association is for people in my industry or this association is for people with my title but are, are they really my people and how do and how do they start making that assessment well the probably one of the first things they're doing is they're looking at your emails and and so the email could be very value-based welcome to the association we're the oldest association we're the largest association and now and we have 37 member benefits here's the list of our 37 member benefits so that's the value side and the experience side would be something more akin to a uh, maybe it's a one minute uh, video from the ceo welcoming somebody to the association maybe it's it's a you know a three or four line welcome email um, and it's and it's just the tone is so friendly and so personable that's the experience side so so you asked for kind of like a list of experiences I, I think that uh, Wait, can, every, we, can we oh, yeah, pause there for a second mm-hmm. uh, something you said made me cringe and you, yeah. you're gonna know exactly why because you know me you know my, the business I'm in and propule and and you said so new member comes on. And in emails, typically we would do, and there's 37, I think was the number you used, 37 benefits. And that just makes me cringe. That's what we've been doing since the days of fax. Actually, even before that, when we're mailing stuff out to members. Yet, in real life, even in your book, the first thing cat experiences is somebody coming up to her and saying, so, I, if I'm not, again, I, I may be making some of this up, but... They, they come up to her and like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, what, what, what brought you here? Right? It's a conversation, a dialogue. Like to, and, and I might argue that that 37 bullet point email is still valuable broadcast for information purposes. And the experience is that video from the executive director. And maybe another component of that experience is what Propule might do. I don't normally promote Propule on this podcast, but in this case, I'm going to do it right now. Like the, the, the email from Propule saying, hey, like mimicking that human that greets you at the door saying, hey, why, why did you join? Like, would you, and then based on why they joined, taking them down that journey of 
stuff related to their interests. Would you consider that more of a more value or would you consider that more experience? Yeah, definitely more experience. And one of the things that, I, think so that too, yeah. I yeah, that I've I've noticed is that um you actually have to have the experience first before they can even even understand what your value is. So again, you know, people are coming in and they're making they're going to be making this very emotional decision to engage and you know deciding whether you're going to engage is a is an it's an emotional decision actually a lot of decisions are emotional but this is a particularly emotional decision because you're you know you're joining a community and um and so so you know they they need a bunch of those lovely positive experiences before they even start to understand the value and, and this is not the case with all associations but for many associations people are not joining because of your value they're joining because somebody told them to join they're joining because of word of mouth and and so they join not knowing what the value of the association is and then as they're starting to think about engaging they're again they're they're engaging for the experience and then 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 we can start teaching them about the value so dave so so the number one thing I do when I get on the phone with an association given engagement, it's so huge for us, is I ask the person, what is your biggest challenges? Because that's what, that's what, what, what are your priorities? Because that's what you care about. And what are your biggest challenges? Because that's what you feel like you need to fix today. And then I've asked them, how do you feel we can help you? And so many associations, in my experience, they come out of the gate with their 37 list of things. Hey, look at all these things we can do for you, which none of those things may even hit their highest point. They may have a problem that you don't have a benefit for, but you say, you know what? We have the resources or I know somebody that can help you with that. And you're right on the spot, Amanda, um, with that. And that's why I think that's why I think the work that you're doing is so important because associations have to get really better. And we really, we're not perfect at it, but we try and refine it like we do. We try and do a call with myself and our president. To Now, we're a trade group. We get maybe two, three members a month. And so... We try and do a call with me and my president for 10 minutes. We ask for 10 minutes of their time just to say, hey, and let the president get a chance. They're talking to someone that's their peer. They're talking to me because I lead the thing. And, and it really, what you said, it, it brings the emotional connection to the forefront. And it's not, and it's, and it's exciting when you say, so how do you think we can help you? What are you looking for? And they, right then, they're about to tell you why they're going to retain their membership a year from now. And you have to be listening to that. In order to so I, I totally bought into everything that you that you that you're running with. You know what I just wrote down, by the way. So I'm I'm taking I, I, I love I have so much admiration. I've said this a million times, and I tell Amanda this all the time. Like I am a huge fan. I'm a follower. I'm a believer. I'm a believer, as they say. But uh, what I wrote down in my notes just now is value versus experience. And uh, I can tell you already at the end of these things, what we do is we do our one takeaway. I'm telling you right now, like this is going to be my huge takeaway from this thing. Like uh, there, there's times when you want to tell people things and do things for people, provide people with things. That's the value. The experience is the exchange. It's the interaction. Like awesome uh, way to categorize your interaction with your members. I love it. Yeah. It's super cool. Can you, okay, goes, so let's go back. Give me some more examples of, of the experience. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So there, there's a story in the book about um, chapters. So that you know, a lot of associations have a lot of chapters, or they have you know perhaps smaller you know regional uh, metro or state affiliates, something like that. And um, and and these chapters or affiliates will have maybe monthly meetings, and um, and so there's there's so many uh, opportunities. And I do a lot of speaking for for chapter groups, chapter leaders. And there's so many groups, uh, opportunities for these folks to engage people. One of the things that I love about experiences is you you don't have to have a ton of money to do them. And so, you know, large associations can do, you know, spectacles like these amazing experiences, but small associations can still do it too. So so one of the things that I heard in, in my research with, with uh, members who had chapters that they were involved with is a, a lot of the, the thriving chapters had set up something like they, they had a team of welcomers that would stand by the little registration desk. And every time somebody saw somebody new come through the door, they would, you know, go up and they'd, you know, ask them who they were and they'd get them their badge and then they'd escort them into the room and, you know, show them where the bagels and the juice were and then take them on over and, uh, you know, find an empty seat for them and introduce them to their seat neighbor. I mean, that, that kind of stuff is free but it means everything to a new member. You know, if, if somebody who's coming in doesn't know anybody, you've just taken away that first, first 10 minutes of, of complete anxiety and, and stranger danger by, you know, by sort of shepherding them around and, and showing them, you know, where to go and, and what to do and who to talk to. So, so there's, you know, that, that's just another example of experiences. But you know, when you think about it and you speak, you, you think about our, your audience, association executives, right? Membership. They all go to these nice resorts for their meetings in a lot of cases. And they're experiencing that treatment you just said when they go check in at a five-star resort if they're at one. And, and I'm always amazed that we're just not looking at how we're treated in the places we like to turn that into, man, should we be treating our members like that? Especially at a meeting when they come through the door. I love when people greet someone as a new member at our associations and walks in and introduces them to three different people and get them a copy or something. They're immediately engaged because they met some new people right away and they see us as friendly. But I'll, that's how I've always equated it, um, is looking at the best resorts I've ever been to who I felt like really had what, what our members call anticipatory service. They almost anticipated what you needed and they put you in connection with people to do that. Now, I mean, I got a question for you. So in all, your, in all of your research and all the studies you've done, what are some of the, the hiccups, the challenges and things that you've witnessed that people are making when they're trying to dis discern this thing called engagement. You're talking about from the association leader standpoint, yes. where, are the, yes. where are the hiccups? They're trying to figure this stuff out. And yeah. obviously you make, sometimes you make mistakes along the way, but what, what are some things that you say, look, here's some things you want to be weary of or think about when you're starting to go down this path of, man, we want to maximize engagement with our membership. Yeah. So right off the top of my head, there's, there's kind of two danger points. And one is, trying to push members too fast to engage. Mm -hmm. So one story that came up pretty often, and this is another chapter story, it's, it's, it's prevalent in, in very small uh, communities, is sometimes you'll see the board has a lot of fatigue. They've been, they've been doing the volunteering for a really long time and they're starting to get tired. And so when a new member walks through the door, somebody might pounce on them and say, oh, welcome to the association. We'd love to have you volunteer. 
Now that per at that moment, the the newbie is saying, "Are you kidding me? I just I don't even know what you're all about." Why, I just you know, walked why, in. Yeah, I just walked in. <laughs> I, you know, and and some some are you know some board members are, are they're they're like so ready to you know to have new people step up that they might even ask a couple of times. And, and that's, that is really, really problematic from a new member's standpoint. Now on the other end of the spectrum is, uh, you know, sometimes we have people that are, they're ready to speak. They are ready to write there. They wanna be in the journal. They, uh, they wanna, you know, be part of the advocacy. They, they wanna start volunteering and they just keep hitting that glass ceiling because Maybe that maybe their stuff isn't good enough yet. Maybe there's not a place for them yet. Maybe, you know, maybe nobody voted on their, you know, topic. And so so it's it's kind of tough to get the no and then stand back up in a year from now and try to volunteer again. So, I, you know, I, I think whenever we see somebody that's that's sort of raising their hand and saying, hey, I want to I want a bigger part of this maybe there's a way to, uh, you know, even if they can't volunteer in the way they want to, maybe, you know, maybe their stuff isn't ready for the journal. Maybe there's something else that we can have them do. And maybe we can teach them how to get ready for the big time thing that they want to do. So when you say it's, it's also associations could do a better job of setting expectations, because we're kind of in that boat. We have, we have a pipeline of people who want to serve on our board of directors, which is an awesome thing to have. And I usually tell people, look, I did this in an association I was in, submit your name, get it in the hopper for the nominating committee to see and get exposure because it might take you two or three rounds because we just have a pipeline of people that's been around here for quite a while that are in your age bracket that really are passionate about it and want to serve. So, And it really sets a person in line and says, okay, I'll get my name in this year. And if I get chosen, great. But if I don't, I'm not going to be disappointed. You know, because I think I think associations need to set that expectation because I know what it's like to go in thinking I deserve to be there. I'm as good as anybody here. And then you get shut down because you didn't know there were eight people in front of you who had been in the same boat the last three years. I mean, would you say that associations could do a better job of that? Well, you know, and, and I, I love what you're doing in terms of strategy because so, yes, setting expectations is fantastic because then if you don't make it, you don't you, you know, you know, Tom warned me that I might not make it. But from your point of view, Tom, now you've got this nice long list of people who are ready to raise their hand. Right. And maybe you say, okay, well, you know, we've got a couple of events we're going to do, or we've got some things that we could really use some strong volunteer leaders for. Now you've got a list of people who have already raised their hand to say, hey, we might want to help out. And that can be the first group that you go to when, when you're thinking about the, the new thing that you need help for. So I got to know one more thing before Dave. Dave's sitting there going, I got questions. So it's I so know, hard. It is what, so hard. What what is what has driven you from the beginning to today with your passion to really put all your stuff behind engagement? It's a, yeah, I like that question. Did you stumble into this and you just happen to get really interested in something you stumbled into? Like what what got you into this? That's it, a, thanks, Tom. Totally research driven. So um, so I, you know, I was doing these interviews and doing these interviews and, and everything pointed to engagement. So a lot of my clients were absolutely, uh, you know, associations that are at the top of their game and they hired me because they, they want to see into the future and they wanted to know how to get even better. And, um, and it was amazing to hear the stories of engaged members and how they felt, you know, as, as a member of one of these, you know, very wonderful associations. 
And, and just, you know, conversation after conversation after conversation, it got me thinking about a couple of dimensions. One is, you know, engagement is what drives thriving associations. It, no engagement, no association. High engagement, amazing association. Um, but the other thing that, that really interested me a lot um, is, is this, is that in, I felt like when I was doing the interviews that we in the association industry were talking about engagement very differently than our members talk about engagement. And I think I mentioned this before. When members talk about engagement, they talk about emotions. It's, it's a very emotional thing for them. When we talk about engagement, we sometimes talk about metrics. And, and it just it like the, you know, the, the startling difference um, in both takes was just so amazing. I, I felt like I needed to talk about that more. And, and that was that was really um, a big genesis for the book is, um, you know, the the book is really what I wanted to do is I wanted to have every reader, you know, kind of like put on their members shoes and put on their members glasses. And for about you know two hours, it takes you about two hours to read the book. For about two hours, you travel on the member journey uh, and look at the world through their eyes. And um, and that that's that that's kind of it was all the research that brought me to this point. So I was in a collaborate yesterday, and I saw somebody post something about, hey, how do you measure engagement? You know, like, and I I think that was the question. Like, how are you measuring engagement, right? And I love, I just wrote that down too, saying engagement for members is emotional, engagement for associations is metrics, right? And that's because we're trying to measure stuff. How do you measure emotions? How, how would you measure engagement? Are, are we using something like net promoter score? Like, how would you measure whether or not an engagement effort is working? Yeah, so I think that when when the the value experience equation is right, then you're going to see all of the usual metrics rise. You know, I think, you know, your your renewals, your new member renewals, your people are going to register, people are going to read your stuff, people are going to want to volunteer, they're going to want to write, they're going to, you know, they'll come out for the call for, for proposals. So ultimately, uh, you know, if you're doing engagement right, if you're if you're hitting on both cylinders value plus experiences, then you're going to see the usual metrics rise. It's interesting that you're asking this question because somebody recently asked me the same question. They said, you know, there is uh, there there's uh, some countries out there that that measure based on a happiness score. Uh, I think maybe Finland, Finland is one of the happiest countries or, in, you know, in the world or something like that. And, uh, you know, could there be a, the the engagement or the happiness score for associations? And I love that idea. I, I love having a different kind of metric and, and would love to think through how, how that would how it would look and how you would do it. The Kaiser score. The Kaiser score. So, that's so, right. so, so, so if I could, Dave, real quick, because I think this sits on. So for us, what we've done for years, this is just a simple example of an association doing this stuff. Um, is so for years, I've always thrown members into three buckets, information only, they pay their dues, they get our newsletter, they might get some, everything they get is free. We do benchmarking reports, they get for free. The second bucket of members are those that are, their information, but they're also transactional members. They've actually bought something from us, our training, they've advertised, they've bought a booth. The third group of members are the emotional members. And the emotional members have come to one of our meetings, they volunteer, or they participate in our online forum. They're taking an actual step to do something emotionally, to be a part of the association. 
And we look at those as a percent of our overall membership because our goal is to get everybody that's informational, get them into transactional so they see more value. And then all of a sudden they dip in and they say, you know what, I think I want to go to that meeting I've never been to in my life and, and to make each one of those step from one to the other. That's what that just for people listening in. That's how we have chose to put members in a bucket to get them from information to transaction to emotional. And obviously, the, we'd love to have 100% of our members in the emotional category, but then our meetings would grow like crazy and we couldn't handle it. So that, that's just a simple example, Dave and Amanda, of how we've chosen to move people along the membership journey in those three different buckets. Yeah. In the uh, new member engagement study, we measured, I think it was a uh... So this is just for new member engagement only. So new member onboarding programs. One of the questions we asked is, how are you measuring new member engagement? And, and then there's, I think, 13 metrics that an association could feasibly measure. And, um, and so we asked about engagement profiling, which is what I would call what you're doing is engagement profiling those three, you know, three buckets. And we asked about engagement scoring uh, among these 13 other metrics. And it was interesting because for those those two things, all associations want to do them and almost nobody is doing them. So, right. um, you know, almost everybody can, uh, you know, measure email opens and clicks, um, but we don't care so much about that. Um, what, what the holy grail is this, the engagement profiling, your engagement scoring. So it's, it's super cool to hear uh, that example in action. Do you Go ahead, Dave. I'm I'm going to step back a little bit and let you ride. No, I've been dying to ask this one. So the, uh, I, in my interaction with a lot of associations, everybody is so strapped for time. Like they're so uh, busy doing all kinds of things. Sometimes I wonder if they have any idea whether they're doing the right things. Like I think a lot of associations, a lot of organizations, not just associations, a lot of organizations are probably doing a lot of low value activities because they don't know what their priorities are. Uh, maybe that, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. Needless to say, like this is, would be an incredibly valuable exercise to evaluate how we're doing engagement in our organization, right? Do you have, as opposed to what I think a lot of organizations do where an idea comes up and then they chase it down, as opposed to thinking more strategically, doing an assessment of some sort, do you have a recommended approach for how organizations should uh, rethink engagement? Is, is it an assessment? Is it like, uh, like how, how would you take an organization through their engagement strategy? Yeah. So what should they do? What's the low hanging fruit and what's the more complex yep. answer to that? Low, low hanging fruit is new members for sure. So, you know, if you can't engage the new member, then they're never going to become a longtime member. So the, the low hanging fruit is to, to really work hard on engaging those new members. Now, I think that there's some research in the past that says we might have six months to engage them. Maybe even we have, we have until a whole year to engage them until renewals come out. And I think that's actually really wrong. Uh, my qualitative research says that you need to start engaging your new members. Three weeks. Three days to three weeks. Three after days. They, yeah, three, we mm -hmm. three days to three weeks until after they, they join. So, so your window of opportunity with a new member is super, super short. So what I would do if, if suddenly I'd be, you know, I, I started up my own association is I would look at every single touch point that a new member might have with the association in those first three days 
So the, you know, the, the first couple of emails, I'd look at the website, I would think about phone calling and I would, um, I would ask the question uh, about each of those touch points. And the question would be, you know, after the new member experiences one of these touch points, how are they feeling? Um, so there's there's kind of two two questions that we're well one question that we're always asking uh, as association professionals and and that is what do members need what do members need and so when we ask that question what do members need then we we deliver value but I want people to start asking the second question which is how do I want members to feel um, so. So a member has been a member for three hours. How do I want them to feel? A member has been a member for three days. How do I want them to feel? They've been a member for three weeks. How do I want them to feel? And we can ask that same question about every single touch point. Um, so, you know, I look, I look at every possible touch point they could have. And some of those things might be receipts and they might be invoices. And you can even turn those things into something experiential. Sure. Now, some people join and then they immediately go to your annual conference. And so you could look at your whole annual conference and say, okay, so, you know, where are they having their very first impressions and how do we want them to feel? And, you know, one, one of the things that, that I like to say is the registration lines or the registration desk is probably one of your most important places for new members because that is their first, that's one of their first impressions of, of say your, you know, your event or your conference. And so, you know, figuring out how to engage them in the registration line is super important. And I think what you, and you touched on it earlier, Dave, is, is we're all busy and, and this is not, this is not an association thing. It's an everybody thing. Everybody is so busy that when we have a transaction, we just think like, oh, we've got to get them, you know, we got to get them their badge. We got to get them their program. We got to get them their bag. That's the transaction. It's our duty to check them in and get them their thing. But what, is, what members are perceiving is they're, they're perceiving the experience of all of that. So in the course of, you know, getting them their badge bag, you know, and program, let's also have a little small talk. Or if we can't do that, cause the lines are so long, at least remember to smile, you know, at least smile at them. And that, that, you know, those kinds of things are, are the things that um, that really make all of the difference for first timers and for new members, for long time members too. You know, long time members love that as well. Give well, me an example. Tom, I don't want to leave this feeling thing yet. Okay, we'll give, so give me one second just to get a okay. sub question in here. You said you want to know how members are feeling. How do you convert that question? Like, what would you do with that information? In other words, like how do you, what would you ask and what would you do with the information about how somebody's feeling three days after they got they signed on for the membership? Yeah. Let me just give you an example that, that I did. And that was uh, back in the doldrums of um, COVID. I got together with my partners at Matchbook, uh, Matchbox Virtual Media, and we put together the virtual networking incubator. And what we saw out in the world was associations were very, very quickly moving from in-person to online. And the education part of their conferences was amazing, but the networking part of the conferences had something to be desired, right? We were all trying to figure out how to do virtual networking. And so Ariana Riak and I got together and we said, wouldn't it be great if we could solve this problem for them? And that was the genesis of the virtual networking incubator. So 
Ariana the, is from Matchbox. She's the CEO but, of Matchbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, our goal was to figure out how to do virtual networking events really well. You know, really, really well. How to make networking work and and virtual networking events. And um, but the but the sort of the private goal that we didn't express to everybody is we wanted uh, we wanted um, the 150 association leaders who came on to into the incubator with us. We wanted them to feel uh, like it was a place that was open and generous and kind and forgiving and maybe even silly because we wanted people to play with things. We wanted to generate ideas. And we wanted people to be able to toss out maybe a half-baked idea and know that there would no, be no repercussions and they're going to land in a really soft place. And so, so there was we had this what we called like our private goal, um, and 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 that's what I did when I wrote all of the emails and all of the content is I kept that goal in the back of my mind, and I and I wrote to that. So I I wrote I used a tone that I hoped would foster all of those kinds of feelings. And I, I think that's it, you know, like whenever whenever somebody in the association is writing an email, you have you have the value what you want to impart in the email. But if you keep in mind, you know, that we want our members to feel like the association is open and generous and kind and, you know, whatever whatever your adjectives are, then then your tone changes as you're writing that email, your tone changes as you're writing your web copy. And, and that's, that's just, that's how I, I use that mechanism. Thank you. Go ahead, Tom, back to you. So I was going to ask, you know, do you think when it comes to measure, cause I, I'm a big believer in not only measuring, but, but categorizing people in certain segments so you can send the right messaging. And I think that's what stymies engagement is. Cause I hate to be, I, I'm, when I'm in an association, I'm pretty much like Dave, I'm fully engaged in a number of activities because I'm in it to invest in myself to make me a better in, in the field. So, but what I, what I hate is when I get the, the general email or letter that says, Hey, Tom, you need to be more engaged in the year, upcoming year. And what that tells me is they're not looking at my file. And so what we like to do is we put people in buckets again, uh, people that are, we, we measure 13 touch points. And then if you're in five or more, we consider you actively engaged. So we send you a different email or different messaging than the person that's only in one program who, you know, is only somewhat engaged. And, and, um, and so how important do you think that messaging is to get people? Because I've been a big believer. I, one of the uh, best practices we do is we will um, download everyone that hasn't been to a meeting in the last three years. And we send them a different email than those that have been to a meeting. And the typical one is, our, you know, our, our records and our reports show that you've not been in a meeting in the last three years. We'd love for you to come as opposed to just sending the meeting stuff out. And because everybody thinks they're registered, right? And it's only when they get that one that says, hey, you're not registered. You're like, my mind says subconsciously, I got to do something. So talk, if you could just kind of connect those dots of communication into the engagement part of it to, to maximize that. Yeah, uh, hugely important. And, and again, your example is, is fantastic. One of the things that we saw in the new member engagement study is there is a portion of associations who do something similar when it comes to new member engagement. And that is uh that they'll well they'll do a couple of things one is um when you become a new member sometimes the email floodgates just open up and you start getting all of these emails you might get new member emails or you might not you and but you know the member mem the emails to all members just turn on mm -hmm. and you don't know anything about the organization and so 
um, you know, suddenly you're you're getting uh, newsletters and you're not quite sure what to how to make heads or tails of them, and maybe you don't know the jargon yet, and maybe you're a young professional, so you really don't understand even some of the topics, and that can be a little overwhelming. And so what I've seen some associations do is they'll actually shut that spigot off for new members, and they'll only let through new member emails for say two or three weeks right. until they kind of you know pull them into the rest of the the emails uh, three weeks later. So yes, communication is hugely important. The other thing that we saw in, in the research that I really liked, although not many associations are doing it right now, and I, I'm hoping that this will this trend will pick up, is uh, some associations are are very much measuring uh, their new member engagement the way you're measuring your all, all member engagement, and that is they're saying we've got some new members and we can see that they they haven't done anything yet or they haven't done many things are the things that we would consider to be conducive to engagement. And so we're going to section them off and we're going to start to communicate with them a little bit differently now. So that's, you know, new member or at risk new member uh, right. communication. Very, very small amount of associations are doing that, but it's hugely successful in terms of uh, raising those retention rates. Right. I agree. I agree. All right, Tom. What if we, I, I'm looking at the clock and I'm feeling we could go on and on and on, but Amanda, all day, the way we like to wrap this thing up is Tom and I will tell you what key takeaways we had. And then we'd like you to pick something either that you want to deliver for a residual message to the listeners or something that came to you during the conversation. All right. So Tom, why don't you start? So my number one takeaway is just simply this. If you're listening to this, when you hear it, you need to buy Amanda Kaiser's book and just read it. This is the number one issue in your association. I said it back in 2009. I've been with me every day since. Engagement solves everything. And now we have a professional that's got incredible quantitative data, as well as a book telling you how you're going to do it. So I would get this book. I'd sit down with your team and go chapter by chapter and ask each each person in membership meetings and even the accounts receivable person, what part do you play? and the engagement strategy of retaining members? What value do you bring in each of your seats that help us forward our mission that makes people say, I'm excited to be a part of this association, the feeling aspect, and I wanna engage the benefits so I can be better at what I do. So my, my you know, hats off, Amanda, for the work. That's my big takeaway, is now we have that kind of data and um, best practices book that can help us do what we do exceptionally well. Elevating engagement, it's on Amazon. Uh... Uh, and again, Amanda Kaiser. Yeah, uh, honestly, one of my favorite, I, my absolutely hands down, my favorite association book. Um, all right. So key takeaways for me, and I'm I'm not going to say just one because I, there's a few things I really want to say. But the first one was this concept of value versus experience. I commented on that earlier, where value is very informational, transfer of knowledge is transactional. And experience is, is, I think, the core behind of engagement. I completely get that. I tend to think about that in terms of software because I'm thinking about how you scale experience. Like experience person to person is easy and incredibly impactful at the individual level, but really hard to scale when you have 30,000 members. So that, that, that was a huge takeaway for me. In fact, I'm already thinking about talking to our clients about this concept of value delivery 
versus experience delivery and breaking up communications into those two categories. Um, I also like that engagement for members was emotional, whereas engagement for associations is metrics. And somehow we have to find that medium where it lives in the middle. Um, I love the concept of understanding how our members feel at certain points and the the registration desk being so important at conferences like tons of amazing takeaways that come out of this book so anyway amanda what about you like what's a residual message you want people to hear or something that came to you today that you think was brilliant yeah I, <laughs> so i i you know i i think there's um so first of all um I, you know, I, 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 well, again, this is not an association thing, but when you talk about engagement with almost any organization, everybody's thinking about value. We've got to, we've got to communicate value. We've got to, you know, change our value proposition. We've got to improve our value with the times, you know, we've been, we've all been immersed in that. And, um, and, you know, true, you got to have the value, but the experience is, is really what fosters those feelings of belonging and loyalty and generosity and wanting to volunteer and wanting to, you know, go and, and be with your peeps. And there's a, there's a kind of a things, there's a few things that I heard really engaged members say about their association, and they'd say stuff like, uh, my association is my intellectual home or my association is my professional family. And when I, when I hear people refer to their associations like that, it just, you know, it, it grabs at my heartstrings. Right. And, and that's, that's the way, that's the way they're feeling. This is um, some, some folks are way more in tuned with their association than they are even in their workplace because their association is a, you know, a place that, you know, loves them and values them. So I, I, I'd love to, I'd love to add the feeling emotional part to our conversation. Uh, you know, every time we're talking about value, we should be talking about the emotions behind it. Um, yeah, so that that's the other part. And then, you know, I know a lot of the examples that I gave today were things like just just smile, you know, just make sure you're smiling at everybody. And and I think that, we that can... was not my takeaway. That no, just, okay. No, well, there is a lot of concrete, a lot of hard things to do. Yeah. Yeah. But go on. Yeah. 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 No. Well, so I think what I was really, uh, really worked hard with my publisher on is, is the book is for everybody. And you just said that, Dave, that this is not just for membership professionals, but it is for association CEOs. It is for people in events. It is for people in research. It is people for people in accounting and IT because we, you know, every single person in an association is actually member facing. And so this book is for everybody. And it's not just for, you know, chapter leaders and small associations, but, you know, these, these experience, experiential ideas scale to really large associations. And in every single chapter, I tried really hard to, you know, to give examples that would work for small, large trade, uh, professional, you know, all sorts of associations. So, um, so we can, we can scale all of these ideas up and down. So after what you just said, Amanda, I'm going to throw this to you and you just run with it. So engagement is not about a department. It's about culture. Yes. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Tom. Um, I don't talk about organizational culture so much in the book, but what I do talk about is something that I don't think we're talking about enough in our industry is member culture. Mm -hmm. So as association leaders, we have the opportunity to, to, um, 
cure, kind of curate a member culture and every membership does have a culture. And, you know, you can watch, you can watch how that culture is manifesting on things like your online community. That's probably the most public display of a member culture. And so, so I, yeah, that's another thing is, you know, we can model behaviors, we can do things to, to really help foster a member culture that everybody's going to be feeling comfortable with and that will actually benefit our members much more than a culture that just sort of, you know, arises all by itself. You know what the uh, Latin root to culture is? Mm. Cult. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I just made that up. Okay. But so, so uh, Amanda, best way for people to reach you, is it amandaleekaiser.com? Yep. Yeah, you can you can search for Amanda Kaiser on Google or type in amandaleekaiser.com. Again, my middle name is quirky. It's L-E-A and then Kaiser like the role.com. And and uh, if people just want to email you, what's what's the best way? Yeah. So there yeah, just hit the website and go to contact me and okay. you'll you'll get me right on the other side. Awesome. Elevating engagement. Because you know what's emotional it. about this program, Dave, right? Tell me. There's strong that I'm what and there's strong, association strong. And then there's association strong. You know what else makes it emotional, Tom? Is I'm a lover. I'm a lover. Some people Me are too. fighters. Not We're yeah, brothers. you're a lover. Amanda, you a lover or a fighter? Oh yeah, definitely not a fighter. <laughs> Thank you guys. Have a All right. great day. Good to see everybody. Thank you. Day. Thanks for listening in. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.